Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and this is our Week 7 recap of Sunday's action. What a wild day of football. Woo, man, I hope you were able to sit down, get comfortable. You would have been even more comfortable if you were uh, enjoying some Express. And this episode is indeed sponsored by Express. Express is all new and all about you with a fresh assortment of casual, versatile, and super comfortable styles. Find out more about Express and their exclusive offer for Pick 6 Podcast listeners later in the show. First, we're going to get to, uh, you guys won't believe this, John Breach, Ryan Wilson joining me. Um, what's up, fellas? I can't believe it's week seven. It feels like week 77. Are you <laughs> serious? Saying. It feels like week three. I feel yeah, like this, this season has flown by. Really? I don't know why that make it feel like week three. You, you feel like it's going too slow? Yeah, because he's you, driving. Yeah. To, he's driving to Connecticut every weekend. And spending- well, that's not the bad part. The bad part is I end my weekend trips to Connecticut with you two buttholes at three in the morning. <laughs> I well, said the reason that we're recording this podcast later, and so I do uh, radio with my buddy Adam Gold locally, and I do it with Darren Smith out in San Diego every Monday. And every Monday, each both of them are like, "Okay, listen to the show this morning." 90 minutes, huh? At 1 a.m. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourselves? Well, we're here to recap the entire week. We're going to try and keep it tight because the Seahawks and Cardinals, 37-34 winner for Arizona in overtime, ran really late, and we started recording this around 1 a.m. We might spend 90 minutes just talking on this game, to be honest. That's how nuts this was. It was bonkers. It was, what what was the, why can't the Seahawks play a, a normal game? Why can't they just play a normal game? Here's the just once. Just one thing. That just game got one. so crazy over the final uh f- almost 40 minutes is that the lead isn't DK Metcalf ran down Buda Baker uh yeah. to save a touchdown, which at the time uh they didn't even score. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Britson trying to focus on his face. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, it was an amazing play. And, and I talked about this in HQ. Buda Becker ran a 4-4-5 at the combine. DK Metcalf ran a 4-3-3. It takes about 90 yards for a 4-3-3 to catch 4-4-5, it turns out. Uh, 21 miles an hour versus about 22 and a half miles an hour. 22.64 miles per hour is the speed at which DK Metcalf maxed out per next gen stats. Yeah. So wait, I mean, what did that, you say it was? 22.64. Second fastest of any defensive player. This season behind his own teammate. And by the Go way, Griffin. one last thing on that DK Metcalf thing, which for me is already right now, it's the best play of this season. I'm sure there'll be other. That's fine. It's here's the thing. Like 95% of wide receivers can have a jaw dropping, amazing catch. One or two wide receivers can track down a four, four, five guy from the goal line and tackle him before he scores. And DK Metcalf is clearly one well, of those. And- 
like, so if you're watching the play in the play, if, if you didn't see the play, you need to, you need to see it. It's a, the sort of play where you text your buddies immediately. Uh, Russell Wilson is attempting a pass. DK Metcalf is running a crossing route um, from pass left. Pass wasn't right. even intended for him. No, no, it wasn't. And Buda Baker jumps a route. And I mean, like, he scoops it and you can almost see him like smiling because he knows that he's waltzing to the end zone because he, he like, he, it's not like he picks it and has to turn around. He jumps the route and he's just running towards the end zone. He's gone. He's scoring. It's over. And all of a sudden DK Metcalf looks like he is on a, some kind of turbo booster flying up, trying tracking down. Uh, and, and you knew the entire time. He's walking him down. And he is like, a train on compound B. I gotta yes, keep yes, that's a great comp. How are you loving the boys? I know it's great. I, I don't don't get sidetracked. I finished the second season. <laughs> it's incredible. I know. I saw um, Wilson literally started this podcast off, by the way, by telling us not to get sidetracked a single time, and that he would glare at us. And the first person to throw the podcast off the rails is Wilson himself. And the then irony. he threw out a boys, the boys reference. Like I wasn't going to just like spin wildly out of control, like it was a squirrel or like it was a hummingbird flying around my office or something like that. Um, by the way, I once actually uh, had a hummingbird in my house and successfully. Made you know it. what this was like, Brinson? This was like watching bleep what? run you down. This is like watching Bleep run you down when you Ooh. guys were in that 40 in Fort Lauderdale that one time. I don't think Ooh. he ran me down because I never had a lead. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is like Budabeka with a 10-yard behind the start of, of so, I mean, look, That sparked tons of memes, and it's hilarious. And it should be going on for a while. Debo did his normal, uh, you know, uh, here's my re- relationship or, or like a possible relationship, my uh, commitment issues, which nobody actually thinks Debo has, but it's funny. Um, and I pointed out to Pete Briscoe that it's me walking him down in uh in ATS picks. By the way, 10 uh 10 and 3 against spread this week. Seahawks and Cardinals ruined. Yeah, you went 10 3 too, right? Ruined my um perfect week straight up. But I, I what what so what is the craziest moment? Cuz I mean, I would almost suggest that it was Cliff Kingsbury attempting a 41-yard field goal on second down in overtime. Well, Breach is a special teams guy. Breach, go ahead. All right. I will say that I can't defend that exact moment especially after icing his own kicker but i will say that kicking a field goal on not fourth down in overtime is Fine. it's not it's not common but it happens and here's the thinking is that if it's a bad snap then the holder's just supposed to spike it and then you get to run another play so you basically right. get a redo and in overtime you want that because you don't want the other team to take over and then only need like 20 yards to get a first down. So, but usually a team, if they are going to go that strategy, they do it on third down. Cliff Kingsbury, not only did he do it on second down, but he did it after they lost five yards on a play. So you just made the kick harder. You still have two timeouts and then you iced your own kicker because the, the play clock was about to run out. So that, that was a crazy play. And if I was Kingsbury, I would have run at least one more play because you could do anything you wanted and you know, you've been going up and down the field on the Seahawks. You get five, seven more yards. It becomes an infinitely easier kick. Uh, and then, you know, how can you look your kicker in the eye when he nails the kick and then you call timeout and then he misses. So you iced him and kept him from getting closer. Uh, if the Cardinals would have lost, that would have been an awkward, awkward post game for uh, Zane Gonzalez and Cliff Kingsbury, but they didn't. So it didn't matter. The Seahawks had uh. the ball up 10. With a second and one. And it was over. That game was over. With six minutes to go. It was, I don't know how they lost that game. That's a bad loss. I know how they lost the game. And here's the thing. And I was actually thinking about this. So 
Going into this game, it was clear to me that the Seahawks were the best team in the NFC. Eric Casillas, the host uh, on the Sunday nights for HQ, was beating the drum for the Buccaneers. And I wasn't quite quite ready to go that far. Here's the deal. If Russ Wilson isn't at A-plus level, that defense ain't helping you out. Seahawks defense is bottom five in the NFL. And that might be being generous. Russ was at A-minus, B-plus level. He had a huge game. He had those three really bad interceptions, one almost in the end zone, the other one to Pat Pete in the end zone. And Russ at that level is good enough to win for a lot of teams. It ain't good enough to win with the Seahawks defense. That defense didn't lay a hand on Kyler Murray. That's a problem. He had 50 dropbacks and he wasn't sacked. That is a huge issue. And here's the other thing, and I'm now all in on Tampa Bay, and we can talk about them more when we get to them. Their schedule is amazingly, amazing. They will be favored in eight of the nine games remaining on their schedule. Number one. Did, um, did we talk about uh, why everybody should bet? Debo, did I mention this at all? I hope I did. Yeah, we talked on uh, our Friday night podcast, just me and you, about the Bucks and you laying money on them, plus 500 to win the NFC, and then maybe sprinkling some on them, plus 1,200 to win the whole thing. Plus I was just making sure. I don't like to make, make an actionable item and not provide No, you were right on that right away after they signed yep. AB. So, so that was one thing. The, the schedule is incredibly easy uh, for the Buccaneers going forward. Number two, if uh, Tom Brady has a B-minus game, that he has that defense, and that's a huge difference maker. So Russ has to be at his best every single time he takes the field. He was B-plus, A-minus tonight, whatever, and they lost. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, the Cardinals were – I don't know if the Cardinals were good. Yes, they were. They were good, okay. Right. They scored 10 points in the final six minutes. They played well in overtime. Kyler battled. Uh, he got after it. Like, I was wondering, I actually asked BMAC and Scott Pioli both, do you see Kyler yelling at, I think, number 85, that random tight end guy who failed on the block, and Kyler was jawing at him on the sidelines, and Pat Pete had to actually calm him down? And it looked to me sort of like Kyler was being a jerk, and BMAC and both Scott Pioli both said they, they had no issue with it, He's showing leadership and that type of stuff. So it wasn't the fact that he was necessarily being a jerk or whatever. But he played well. He ran well. Didn't take big hits, which is the thing we're sometimes concerned about with him. Um, they won that game. The defense played better than the Seahawks' defense. Well, their defense is just better than the Seahawks. Now, I mean, like it sucks because you would think that if this team can go on a deep run, that you would you would probably need Chandler Jones. But Buda Baker's awesome. Byron Murphy's coming along really well in his second year. Uh, Hassan Isaiah Reddick, Simmons even made a play tonight. Isaiah Simmons had a is uh, played three snaps and had, a, had an interception. Hassan Reddick is having an enormous contract year. He's going to get some kind of stupid. By the way, awesome. Hassan Reddick was the same guy that uh, who was the guy they fired up for one year? Uh, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes wanted to get rid of Hassan Reddick because he wasn't fitting into what they wanted to do defensively. So it makes me think that. That's I mean, it sounds like we're fighting over a defense that pitched a shutout. Let's not. The Cardinals gave up 572 yards fair. of offense. Uh, so it's not, you know, I, I thought this was all, it was a shootout. It was an offensive game. Kyler Murray was the reason they won. He made, you know, when he was laughing, when he was throwing that pass to DeAndre Hopkins, that was amazing. Uh, but, and you guys, I mean, obviously the Cardinals defense came up with key plays. That's just what the Seahawks didn't do I mean, or couldn't Tyler, do. Tyler Lockett had 15 catches for 200 yards. This is the first time we're missing Tyler Lockett's name. That, and he was by far the best <laughs> player in football this week. Uh, that catch... Where so he had a touchdown catch. Well, I mean, the one where they ruled it a touchdown, and then they're like, the ruling on the field has been changed. It's not a catch. It's like, why would, why would you do that? Yeah. Uh, and then they, they reviewed it. It was, it was overturned to a catch. Um, 
his body control with what he does with his feet on some of those close plays is just outrageous. He is so good. So good. Um, is there a bigger takeaway from this? I mean, I do think the, the Cardinals are five and two. They were five and 11 last year. Yep. This is a team that can compete. For, this is a playoff team, right? I, I don't mean, think they're better than the 49ers right now. But well, the, the, West, the NFC West is back, baby. We were sort of <laughs> down for a hot minute. All four of those teams could go to the playoffs. But the thing about saying they're not better than 49ers, that doesn't matter because they already beat them once. And they're 2-0 in the division. Every other team in the division has at least one loss. So that's a huge kind of tiebreaker to have at this point in the season when you've played one-third of your divisional games and you're the only team in the division that's still undefeated. So, I mean, even if you don't think they're a playoff team, maybe they're a 9-7 and seven team, whatever, just because they have that and they're 5-2, and two, it feels like as long as they don't collapse down the stretch that maybe they can get in. So they have coming up, they have the Dolphins at home. Uh, they're, they're buys next week. Then they have the Dolphins at home. Then the Bills at home at the Seahawks at the Patriots, Rams at home, and at the Giants. Feel like they could, I mean, like I think three and three is perfectly reasonable there. And then you're, you know, you're staring at a situation where you're eight and five going into the home stretch of your final three games. I mean, this should be a playoff team. See, I mean, they're in great shape. I don't think Kyler Murray's going to win the MVP or anything. I don't think it's out of the question. Still, Let, like let me ask you this. Is Russ still your MVP favorite? Yeah, I think so. All right, yes, three question. picks is not great. Are the Seahawks likely to be the number one seed? I would say no. No. I think, I think the Buccaneers are going to go 13 and three in the Seahawks with that defense. Lord help them. You are. I mean, they might not win next week against the 49ers and all of a sudden, you know, they're tied with the Cardinals for first place. I love, I love Russ, but again, he played a B plus A minus game. And they lost in overtime to a good Cardinals. Seahawks have a, the next, and you can't play A plus games every week. No. Seahawks are at home against the Niners, at the Bills, at the Rams, home against the Cardinals. I mean, I I would be surprised if they went four and zero in that stretch. Well, they were five and zero. Should have been six and zero for being honest. Yeah, but I mean, like they they just you can't live like this. Well, no, you can't. You can't. I mean, they've been living like it for eight years. This I mean, is like no, this is just, different. They like, live on the edge permanently. This is like drinking 25 beers every night and driving home and never getting caught. And this is the one night they got caught for a DUI. Like you just can't take an Uber. And by Uber, I mean, hire some defensive people that can tackle and, and make plays. Reaches the analogy guy. And it's like morning. Calling out Melvin Gordon, man. That's, that's mean. Oh, that's, uh, you didn't need to name names. I know. Breach. Um, all right. You mentioned the, the, uh, uh we're going to go with 49ers apparently. Stick with that. You know what? We're not. We're going to talk about the Buccaneers. Oh, um, and we're going to lump these two games together. You know what? Let's, let's do this. Oh no. Oh yeah. Let's lump together. Cause I think it is fascinating to watch the trajectory of Tom Brady and Bill Belichick throughout the year. Ooh. So let's talk about the Buccaneers beating the Raiders 45 to 20. Uh, the Bucks covered minus four, the over 51 and a half hit easily. The Bucks almost got there by themselves. Tom Brady was fantastic. 44 fantasy points. He scored four. Uh, he had threw four passing touchdowns and rushed for another one on a sneak. And then is tying these together crazy? It's not crazy, right? What, the Patriots? Yeah. Yeah, go for it. And then the Patriots got stomped by the 49ers, yeah. 33 to six at home. Obviously the 49ers covered. Woo. Uh, one of my best bets for the week and the, oh, by six and oh, best bets. 
Man. And the under 44 and a half hit as well. Jeff Wilson, your top fantasy performer, 29 points. I think that these games are interesting too, because so the Patriots played the 49ers who had Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. and also Kyle Shanahan, who Bill Belichick beat in the Super Bowl in the 28 to three Falcons game. I love you hanging up. Dan Quinn was the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. But I mean, like, I mean, Kyle Shanahan caught a lot of flack for that. Like, yeah. he, how many, like, it, it was like Daryl Bevel level flack in terms of offensive coordinator. And rightly so, I feel like. But go ahead. Sure. Yeah. If you're up 28 uh, to three, you think the offense yeah. is going to score maybe just three more points. Uh, You'd be again, wrong. Again, we, we don't need to revisit the 28 to three Super Bowl guy. Um, and then in the Buccaneers Raiders game, that was like the tuck rule game where Tom Brady was on the, you know, like, like that got Gruden traded to the Buccaneers from the Raiders. And then now Brady's in the Buccaneers and Gruden's back with the Raiders. Just felt very like, I don't know. There's something about it. And these games were blowouts and it is really hard to get to end the day on Sunday and not think about how much better the Buccaneers are than the Patriots right now. Let me ask this question before we go on. And I been adamant about this for as long as I've been asking this question. So you have 20 years starting in 2001. Are you taking Bill Belichick in New England, or are you taking Tom Brady? You can only have one. I'm taking Tom Brady. I'm taking Bill Belichick. I'm also taking Belichick. Okay. Well, look to Cleveland to see how that works out. Look to what? Yeah. Cleveland to see how that works out. The Browns' last playoff win was with Belichick. What's your point? They haven't won Tom Brady has six Super Bowls. That's my point, Breach. Not everyone wants to be the – That dude just dunked on himself, and he missed the dunk. Get out of here. Belichick, he has all the Super Bowls with Belichick, man. If you take Brady out of the equation – Belichick is a really good coach without a quarterback. That's my point. Don't you think he would have found a quarterback at some point? I mean, look, of course, it, they both matter. How's that working in Cleveland? And how, how did it work in Cleveland? And how's it working this year? So you're telling me that if Freddie Kitchens and Tom Brady are in, no, in Cleveland. I'm not telling in, you that. No one in is New England for that. 20 years. They're winning. Freddie Kitchens is not telling you that. Stop it. Who's the coach? Pete Carroll was there before Bra- before Belichick got there. Put Pete Carroll there. I'm not taking that. Okay. Belichick got fired, and they, they hired him, too. Name a coach who's with Tom Brady, a reasonable coach who's with Tom Brady for 20 years in New England. Bill Parcells was there before Belichick got there. What about that? Sean Payton and Drew Brees have won one Super Bowl. Tom Brady's not winning multiple Super Bowls Bill Parcells with another coach. Never He's won maybe a Super Bowl winning one or two. Belichick. Okay, that's fine. You're, that, that's why it's, it's, um, that's why this is a hot topic debate show. <laughs> um, what are you, are you dunking on yourself? Cause I said it's a hot topic debate show. I was Okay, good. Right. I mean, How, I'm glad, I'm glad we disagree. Right, well, record. let me ask Brinson what, what this question. Who would you rather right have? Now, if Belichick was coaching the Bucks, undefeated. No, I'd be the same. They'd be undefe- they would have beaten, they would have beaten the Bears. Why are you so afraid of Bill Belichick? What are you He's the greatest coach of all time. That's the most absurd question that. anyone's ever asked me on a podcast. Really? And you go on a cat podcast every week. That's really weird. Okay. Twice a week, Ryan. All right. Well, look, I, that's where I stand. And you guys, you know what the name of that cat podcast is, right? I kill cats for fun. No, it's right not appropriate. Meow. Right meow. Yeah. That's worse than my, my Tom Brady for Bill Belichick take. All right. Go ahead. Make your other points. I win that one. Round two. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, I just think it is, I do think, but now I do think that what you're saying is interesting because People who are pro Tom Brady in the Tom Bill argument right now have a major leg to stand on because of how well the Buccaneers are playing and how crappy 
the the Patriots look. And Cam Newton was awful on Sunday. Awful. He got. It was a mercy bench. I don't want to say he got benched. It wasn't well, like, hold on. To go, to go along with what Ryan was saying, though, do you think Belichick is regretting letting Tom Brady walk? He has to be. In his heart of hearts, yes, but I get the th- sense like he wanted, just like Tom Brady probably did, wanted to prove that he doesn't need his quote-unquote better half. Both of those guys probably had that same thought. I'm just speculating. I have no idea, but it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think I think Belichick believed that he was letting Tom Brady go a year early rather than a year late. Right. And I think that it's, I think he, he is, I think he is cold and calculating enough that he is not bothered by uh, his decision. Like, I think he's like, well, I probably made the wrong decision, but I think long-term it will be right for us. You want to hear my, my conspiracy theory about this season going South for the Patriots. I think the Patriots are going to lose twice to the Jets to keep the Jets from getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's my, I mean, the the whole Belichick is tanking to get Trevor Lawrence conspiracy theories. I don't I don't they don't hold weight because this team is trying and like they they had the, you know they had Brian Hoyer like almost beat the Chiefs so it doesn't hold weight but you know I do think there's like when people do projections right projections are nothing I saw like Mike Florio was complaining about projections like so they're basically a guess right it's like yes that that's like that's what I mean, how many, many games going to win projections? No, like you're doing project like a like win probability, expect. probability, probability. Like it's it's not a fact. It's it's you're 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 using you're taking the, it's an educated guess. Right. I think Bill Belichick looked at the season and said, "Okay, here are the likely range of outcomes," and I don't think he's bothered by like I don't think he wants to lose twelve games or fourteen games, certainly, but. I don't think he's bothered. I, I think he knows it's it's in the range of outcomes. You know but what I mean? Breach's question: Does it eat him up more that Brady's succeeding while the the Patriots are currently floundering? It has to be right. It has to bother him because if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were zero and six or whatever they are, you'd be like, "Yeah, okay, I get it." We'd both... be laughing it up. You wouldn't right. be like, "I made the right decision." Oh, so even you, if the Patriots after were two weeks of the season, we're like, "Oh, Belichick's getting the best." After the like, first man. game, where he looked like crap against the Saints, or not yeah, great the, against the Saints. The Patriots came out hot, and and Brady looked awful against the Saints, and now Brady looks awesome, and he's fitting in perfectly with Bruce Arians' offense. He's slinging the ball everywhere. They now are running the risk of bringing Antonio Brown in, as we did on the emergency podcast without you two fools. Um, but Cam in this game, nine of fifteen for ninety-eight yards and three picks. Is uh, it possible that Cam is feeling the after effects of COVID nineteen? Breacher, the doctor. What do you think? Uh, I got my medical degree online, Ryan, so I don't know if that counts. But it, it almost seems like maybe he took a few hits in practice because his accuracy is going back to uh, last year-ish Panthers. I mean, he only threw fifteen passes, but. When you're only completing nine of fifteen, it's almost like your coach is afraid to be throwing passes because you're throwing the ball to the other team and you're not throwing it to your receivers, which is uh, the point of throwing passes. So I, it almost feels like Belichick's just a little bit worried about Cam Newton, whether that is from hits he's taken, whether that's from COVID. I don't know, but we're talking about you know a few weeks ago, this same Patriots team was one yard away from beating the Seahawks. This same Patriots team. Beat the Raiders by annihilated two, the Raiders. Annihilated the Raiders by two touchdowns, and now they have just gone in the tank since then. And it does seem like it's coincided uh, with Cam. Whether it could be practice time too, because you know they put new game plans in every week more than he most a, teams. He is a he is a like a quarterback in his first year on a new team with a very minimal offseason. 
Coming off multiple injuries. But the multiple injuries thing is the most important thing to me because, remember, he was drafted right after the CBA. He had no time with the Panthers. Sure. He came in and balled out immediately. And one of the things I always say when talking about Cam Newton recently is, like, he's not in his MVP form. That was five years ago. That was literally the 2015 yeah. season. A lot has happened in NFL years. That's dog years, basically. That was 30 years ago in NFL years, and he is not anywhere close to that. And one thing quickly, uh, I don't remember the third interception, but the first one was terrible to Fred Warner. He threw it right to Fred Warner. The, the one that went off Julian Edelman's hands was behind him. I don't know where you go from here other than what we said previously, that maybe Belichick has embraced the idea that they're not very good. And he well, went deep I, well, on one. that was. Just I will say, I will say this, bro. too. I do think that one of the things about this particular Patriots team, like they are not, they're, they're not good. Like yeah. I think they're not, they're not, I'm sorry. They're not great. Like they're definitely not. They're great. not good. Well, here's the thing. I'll just quickly, we're talking about the Seattle Seahawks defense. This Patriots defense was top three last year. Sure. They're, they're replacement level. They're 15th or so according to football outsiders coming into this week. That's going to change. They well, couldn't beat the friggin' Broncos last week when the last three drives fumble interception, interception from Drew Locke. When's the last time Belichick lost two games at home in a row? They haven't started this slowly. All my rundown, I just missed it. They haven't started this slowly since 2000, Belichick's first year in New England. When Tom Brady, by the way. straight games for the first time since 2002 when they had a four-game losing streak. By the way. Look, look, about the Patriots on in in both the the Broncos game, sort of, but definitely in this game. The 49ers jumped all over them early and got out to a lead. And New England is not going to come back. Like they're not going to stage furious rallies from it down 18 points. That's not what this team is built to be. They don't have a lot of good weapons on offense. A lot. They have zero. They have nothing. I mean, like this. Kobe Myers was a big target. And I think Demir, uh, Demir Bird was, was up there in terms of receptions. You, you're not going to win that way. Uh, they had the leading receivers were uh, Jacoby Myers. That's what I just said. Yeah. yeah. Four, four catches for 60 yards. Rex Burke had three catches, 35 yards. Demir yeah. Bird, one catch, 16 yards. Edelman, one catch on three targets for 13 yards. And it was, um, Cam Newton's third interception was to Edelman. Yeah. And that was uh-huh. his second target of the game. I just don't know what the offense is. It's very hit or miss of this team. I, I bet they beat the Bills next week. Though. You know, I was going to say, Brenton, the funny thing is that two weeks from now, they could be in first place. Their next right. two games are the Bills and Jets. And then the Bills' next two games are the Seahawks and uh, whoever they play this week uh, are the Patriots. The Patriots and the Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing from the, the 49ers side of things, I, I I don't know if it's intentional or not, or just game playing, but I thought it was pretty funny that they leaned heavily on Debo Samuel in both receiving and running the ball, the same Debo Samuel that was drafted well after Nikhil Harry. I, say, I, say, I, sort of say, I was trying to say that. Like I think it's like this is a revenge game for Debo Samuel too before the – um, game. And look, Jeff Wilson probably going to be gone for a while. Um, not serious. They said with Jeff Wilson and also Debo. Oh, no, I think they said uh, maybe a high ankle sprain, maybe something. Oh, that's four to six weeks, but he's not, his season's not over. It looked bad. Right, like right, he, right, right. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they need Kevin Coleman back. They're, they they're can plug anyone in there to run the ball. Clearly they can have, I don't know. Who's the kicker in, in San Francisco breach? Robbie Gold. Robbie Gold. Oh yeah. Let him run the ball. He got a hundred yards. They're four and three. They fought back to the spot. Very good. Situation for them. This is a, like, they got, bl- they blitzed the NFC East, dealt with having to play, oh no, no, that was the Rams, sorry. They, they blitzed the New York teams, dealt with having to play in MetLife for back-to-back games, got blown out by the Dolphins at home, and responded in a big, big way, beating the Rams and the Patriots in back-to-back games. Um, uh, really quickly on the Raiders and Buccaneers. The Bucs are awesome. 
Look Lincoln's at their schedule. Awesome. They have one tough game left, and it's it's at home against the Chiefs. That is it. Saints is not an easy game. They still have another one against the Saints. One against the Saints. Okay, that's at home. That's in Tampa Bay too. So one and a half games, I'll say. Yeah, they already, they play the Bears. Panthers again. Who? Panthers. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they should win that game though, right? I mean, let me, let me ask you this: How many games are they not going to be favored in? Well, you can make all the faces you want. Uh, they're ten and a half point favorite to the Giants. They'll be favored at home against the Saints. Favored at the Panthers. Favored. Uh, I don't know what the line will be for Chiefs Bucks. So right, one game potentially they'll be dogs in. That's yeah. where we're at. They should. They're in a good spot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yes, of if, course, Carolina can beat them. Carolina's a surprisingly good football team, but I mean, let's be real. If you can get odds on them, just to reiterate, if you can get odds on them to win the NFC, go take it. I love 500 to one. It's five to one. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You just can't five, 500 to one would be lovely. Well, uh, the Falcons plus, are 500 to one, Ryan. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. If you want a 500 to one, they're team. plus 375 to win. Uh, the conference uh, at William and William Hill right now, they are plus they're eight and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. They were 12 to or 10 to one when we recorded that podcast on Friday night. They're minus 150 to win the division. Oh man. I mean, I got a Saints bet to win the division. I, I do not want that. I want the, the Bucks. All right. Well, I'm just telling you. All right. Uh, okay. Let's, we didn't say anything about the Raiders. Do we want to do that real quick? For instance, you don't want hate mail. Just say yes. We want to talk about the Raiders real quick. Yes, we'd love to talk about the Raiders. Go ahead. Talk about the Raiders. The Ra- were, Ra- that, that game was crazy. They were The Raiders were just in the game, and then they were down by 20 points. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like I, I was doing a Twitch stream with Azer, Adam Azer on fantasy, on, on, for fantasy football today. I turned and looked, and the scores are just down 20 points all of a sudden. They were right in the game. They yeah, scored, and, they outscored and, them 38-10 the rest of the way after trailing 10-7 in the second quarter. Well, it was 24-20. And then the Bucks scored 31-20, made it, scored touchdown, made 31-20. And it was like, all right, we're going to have a, an old-fashioned shootout here. Can Derek Carr, you know, keep dicing up the Buccaneers' defense? And then he got picked off the next possession after that 31-20. And then the Buccaneers scored again, and it was over. There was no way they were coming back. Uh, the takeaway for me in the second half of that game was the Bucks' defense in particular. I don't know if you guys saw the highlight of Devin White missile tracking down Derek Carr. just. Find that on Twitter. Devin White hits on, on Derek Carr. It is like a heat-seeking missile, and he blows him up right next to the sideline to the point where, he, for a, a heartbeat, you thought maybe Derek Carr was hurt. He popped up and was okay. But it, it sort of set the tone in the second half for, for just how good uh, that Bucks defense is and, and how quickly that game changed. Devin White, first player in Buccaneers franchise history with 11 tackles and three sacks in a single game. And, I mean, that's, the Buccaneers are not a great franchise in terms of history, but they had some defenses, a defense yeah. that won a Super Bowl. Uh, that is a very impressive uh, statistic. All right. Sure, man. Uh, all right. So, look, you spend all day laying around your house, trying to work, trying to watch football. You, I, I know that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I got I to gotta, I gotta, I gotta have some, I got to exude confidence, exude professionalism. And deep down inside, I need to be comfortable. So that's why I put on Express, and I know I'm going to have a good day because I can get compliments while feeling comfortable. Some days we do this podcast at 9 a.m., and some days we do this podcast at 2 a.m. It is literally 1.23 a.m. right now. If I was wearing, like, a suit, I would just throw – I would go take a bath with my toaster. No, instead, 
Maybe wearing sweats or feel like I'm wearing sweats, but I'm actually wearing Express. And no one that sees me on CBS Sports HQ or in the Pick 6 YouTube channel or out and about in Raleigh knows that. So check out what Express has to offer. You, Pick 6 podcast listeners, can get $25 off your $50 purchase from Express. All you have to do is text football, text the word football to 397-737, and you will get a $25 off coupon on a $50 order. If you listen to the podcast, you like the podcast, why wouldn't you like the comfortable clothes? So send the text, get the order. Go, do it right now. All right, Steelers, Titans, Steelers 27, Titans 24, Steelers cover plus one, 50, oh, the over. Tough beat if you had the over because your boy Big Ben threw a back-breaking pick in the end zone that let the mm-hmm. – uh, that should have allowed the Steelers to kick a field goal. They didn't. And then Steven Goskowski misses a field goal to send the game into overtime. A.J. Brown was your top fantasy performer, 21 points. Deontay Johnson had 20. Ryan Tannehill had 20. Um, what uh, What is your confidence level in your Steelers, Ryan? They blew the doors off the Titans in the first half. I mean, yeah, it, it, a 27 to 7 or something, 24 was, to 7. Yeah, I think. They were smashing them. And it, it was actually worse than that. Um, but – and we've seen this from the Steelers, and typically it happens earlier in the in the season. They took their foot off the, the pedal, and usually against worse teams. The, the Titans are a legit, really good football team. But the Titans hung in there. I will say they shut down Derrick Henry, and if Derrick Henry doesn't work, it makes things tougher for Ryan Tannehill. We know the Titans' defense isn't very good. We've talked about that in the past, and they weren't very good in that first half. Uh, they made some opportunistic plays in those turnovers. Uh, the turnovers weren't bad. I've been the one you mentioned, the Juju. I, it was ill-advised. Juju had a chance to catch it. It was, a, it was a sort of popped up in the air. Had another one pop up in the air as well. Um, but I don't know why they didn't lean on James Conner, who actually outrushed Derrick Henry in the second half, just to take the take the run down the clock and take the pressure off Ben throwing the ball. And I think he threw the ball forty nine times. I mean, there's that's too that's too much in a game. No where reason to do that. Yeah. So um, I was. It's a victory on the road in a tough environment. There were ten thousand plus fans there. Um, <laughs> what are you laughing at? That's how many that were there. I laughing? know that ten thousand fans makes it a tough environment. No, but playing in Tennessee is tough. There are 10,000 Clay Travises in the stands. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to ask you before you Ask her evil! Right. Uh, Breach, are, are you moving on from Steven Goskowski? He made a 51-yarder. It was He, he striped it, and then he honked a, a 41-yarder, I believe. Obviously, his time expired. Wait, what, Ryan? Did you say he honked a 41-yarder? What was the game winner? How, what was the distance? Was Put some respect on his name. It was 45 yards. That's much more difficult than a 41 yard. It was a, it was a, it was a good. He missed nah, it. It looked point. like it was going in. It kept kind of curving right on him. And I think he was a little, you know what? I don't, you don't get rid of him at this point because he won you the game in Minnesota. He won you the game against Jacksonville. He won you the game in Denver. Although the Denver game, they probably would have won if they had a kicker who could make any field goals. Um, but he's absolutely won you at least two games and. You know what your favorite thing to say in these situations are, Ryan? Who else is out there? Who's out there yeah. that is better than Steven Goskowski? I'll, I'll tell you this, that when I was watching this game, I only watched uh, most of the fourth quarter, probably about some of the third quarter. But when he went out there, if you asked me what my confidence level was on a scale of 1 to 10, I would say like a 6 and a half. Like I, I wasn't very comfortable. Oh, I don't know. Is that, that's not very high. Okay. I no, that's not. I mean, it's higher than 5, but not high enough where you're like, oh, this is definitely going. Is Justin uh, Tucker 10? In that situation? Yeah, Justin Tucker. Anything under 50 in a clutch situation, Justin Tucker is an absolute 10. Um, 
But like you said, Brian, well, well like- they also had a uh, really bad. Oh, uh, they got jammed on a grounding call that moved them back. Uh huh. That I, I, I didn't think it could have been. I didn't think it had to be called grounding. I don't. I actually, I was um, on the set, so I didn't see it. But I was, I was curious why they moved back. Now I know. What were we saying? Yeah, here? it was. They uh, Tannehill got flagged for grounding. Oh, okay. And they could have been a little. Oh, you know what? On the third down play. I, I thought this was really questionable. And it's the same thing with like Cliff Kingsbury on the second down. Like, like on third down, they took a shot to the end zone to win. I actually like that play because uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. But you know, if you got 45 yards, like just get, get, I don't know, get six or seven more yards. It's make- one of those things. If you're at a certain distance, don't just assume your kicker is going to make the field goal. Yeah. Like you, the, the chances are you're not going to win the, the game on this shot to the end zone. And all you did was if, if they would have gotten a five yard gain there instead of, that shot to the end zone, that's a 40 yard field goal. That, the, my confidence the, level there is a nine. You know, that's almost a gimme. If you do a, like a, if you do a crossing route or like you run mesh or something like that and you have two guys who are, you know, you hit somebody, like hit Adam Humphreys over the middle, maybe he breaks it for a first down and you get a chance to take that shot and then you here's, don't have to come back and hit the 45 yard. Here, I just here's think, how I, I measure those things. I was very nervous when they threw that ball because hmm. I knew it was either going to be a touchdown. I don't even remember who the receiver was. Corey Davis. Corey Davis. Either a touchdown on a high point catch or PI on Joe Hayden, who has been known to get PIs in the end zone. And then sure. it's a chip shot. So I was like, as a, as a, as a Steelers fan, I was waiting to see, uh, on, on the bottom but, of the screen. The and that's the way to judge it. Like if you're yeah. a Steelers fan and, 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 you know, Arthur Smith is like, we're going to take a shot play here. You're like, no, 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 no. I'd rather you just run a draw and kick the yeah, field. Yeah. Run the crossing routes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's fair. I just thought I was just surprised they took that shot there. Cause I think it's a pretty low percentage shot. And Cardinals Taylor, did the same thing Sunday night. We were yelling about that right before the field goal. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, by the way, AJ Brown. Oh, I love AJ Brown. Yeah, that's that, that, that was memories of, uh, Demarius Thomas from Tim Tebow versus Ike Taylor in that playoff loss to the, he just breaks everything. Like he was running and I was a little far away from the screen. I said, Oh, that's John New Smith. He's fast. Uh, no, that's John New Smith's big brother, AJ Brown. I mean, AJ Brown. How did Ole Miss not win a hundred games? I said the exact same thing today. And they had Dawson Knox on that team as well. I mean, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf on the same team. And they had, who else did they have? Dawson Knox. The, the but, but there was one more receiver, wasn't there? Um, yes, there was. I can't remember his name. He was undrafted. Like he, he was a Jacoby Myers type player. I can't remember his name right now. How dare you? And who was the Ole Miss quarterback in 2018 oh, so and 2019? Awful. Fitzgerald. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it to was my not, point. No, no, no. Oh, wait, they had Jordan Te'amu. No, he's not Ole Miss. He's, is he Ole Miss? Yeah. He was, he was 2018. They had Jordan Te'amu. He was actually good. That's when Ole Miss went five and seven somehow. That's terrible. Yeah. They, they weren't good. I thought that's funny. I didn't think it was Jordan Te'amu. Okay. My bad. AJ, I mean, DK. Friend of the had, pod, Jordan Te'amu. Yeah. Friend of the pod. That's right. Uh, is it Elijah Moore? No. Braylon Sanders? No. I can look it up while you're. We're doing great on time, and I'm going to de- no, no, you know, no, no, don't even. We're not even going to talk about it. Moving on. We're doing great on time. We're not going to derail it with old Miss. Just discussions about old Miss wide receivers. Oh, uh, and the Steelers are the final undefeated team in the NFL. Three of the past five years, the final undefeated team has ended up in the Super Bowl. Hey, so do you think it's good or bad for me that the Bears are the current number one seed in the NFC and the Steelers are the current number one seed in the AFC? It's good for your social media. <laughs> <laughs> Good job with the self-dunking. Demarcus Lodge, Debo nailed it. That's who it was. Demarcus Lodge is the Jacoby Myers 
uh, clone for me from from that Ole Miss team. Thank Speaking you. of disastrous uh, preseason choices, the Washington football team beat Breach's Super Bowl team, the Dallas Cowboys, twenty-five to three. Twenty-five to three, the Cowboys smashed them and literally knocked Andy Dalton out of the game. It was a scary, that was dirty so hit by John Bostic. It's dis- it's disgusting. There's no place for it. Andy Dalton had given himself up. He lowered his head. He should. I hope they ejected him immediately without question. Good for the NFL for doing that. Good for the referees in charge of the game. I hope that they suspend him one more game. And I, I, I think John Bostic felt bad afterwards. I will say this. I thought that and it was terrible. Redskins players were yelling at him. It was hard. It was hard to watch. I think Andy Dalton slid a little late, but even still, you can't go at the quarterback. You just know it. Don't don't do it. Aim for his midsection. I don't know what to tell you, but I mean, it's. What are you doing? It doesn't make any I sense. I mean, he went there like a torpedo with his yeah, head directly right. aimed at Dalton, and Dalton was like kind of diving forward. Bostic literally could have pushed him down. Right. Also, it wasn't close when that happened, right? No, they were getting the doors blown off. Uh, I mean, like the Cowboys never had a prayer. Right. Let me ask you guys this before Breach follows up with something probably more interesting and probably weirder. No, uh, it be about Andy Dalton. Cowboys are the are the worst team in the, in the division. Are they the worst team in the NFC? Are they the worst team in the NFL? I mean, would you, would you? No, they're not worse than the Jets. And I would, like, Breach, who wins against the Cowboys if the Cowboys face the Bengals? Oh, the, the, the Bengals win probably by two touchdowns. Okay. So the Jets are the worst team and the second worst team in the Cowboys. And I'm not even joking. Well, I, and I absolutely agree with that because you look at the other one win teams are, I mean, the Cowboys have two Cowboys wins. Cowboys don't 100% beat the Jets. But if you look at the team, <laughs> they don't. They don't. If you look at the teams who the Cowboys beat, the Falcons and Giants, if they played them next week, I think they would lose to both those teams. By double digits. Like, that's just how bad they are right now. They're terrible. And look, you can, again, with the injuries, I get it. The offensive line is in shambles. But uh, I think it points to a couple things. You can't blame injuries because you hired Mike McCarthy, and I think he's the bigger concern. And number two, Dak Prescott is really important to this team because Andy Dalton is coming into the season. We all agreed he was a good backup to have. We thought the Patriots maybe should get him or the Bears. Uh, he didn't have a chance because he can't run for his life like, like, um, uh, that could yeah. until, of course, he, he got, got injured burning for his life. Yeah, this was a sad game for me. I told Brinson I'm off the Cowboys bandwagon, so you guys won't have to hear me talk about them. Uh, and watching Dalton what, get what, injured what, what, was what tugging on my heartstrings. Who deactivated the breach pot? That, that, <laughs> Jerry Jones unplugged me. That's it. That's it. I can't, I can't watch this anymore. You're I'm watching like, the whole uh, games, trying to convince myself they can still win the NFC East. They could still get to the playoffs. And if they get to the playoffs, they could get to the Super Bowl. It's, I'm all off that. I won't, I won't bring it up anymore. This team is horrible. Like they are garbage. It was, it's painful to watch them. I mean, this game would have been worse if they didn't, the defense didn't somehow miraculously make a, a goal line stand on Washington's first drive that ended up leading to the Cowboys getting safety anyway. So it almost didn't matter. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. But, without yeah. looking, where did, uh, is it Brandon Danucci? Where did he uh, go? No, yeah. it's, uh, it's not. I would have known the same thing. You know, you know where you're just so don't, don't split. I want to see Breach Ness. Ben Danucci. Ben no, I, literally no idea. You give me it's a in the, It's in the state of Virginia. So where, where do you think he went to school? Oh, actually, uh, I don't know. D, the, I don't know D2 the school. school? <laughs> no, it's a, yeah, it's a FCS school. Sorry. FCS. Uh, Whew. I don't even know if I can think oh, of an FCS school in Virginia. Uh, 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 my our former boss, Jamie yeah, Matra, that's right. right there. Yeah, Jay. Oh, James M- Madison. Yeah, James Madison. That's right. I mean, I what is known at the Dukes? You know what's annoying is that now there are seven thousand articles. It's like who is Ben DiNucci? Right. Colin Cowboys quarterback. It's like 
Cowboys quarterback, he's going to lose to Debo's Eagles next week. Right. I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys could still make the playoffs. That's, no, Brees just told you. Brenton, don't try and get me back on the bandwagon. It's just not happened. The bandwagon crashed into a burning house and everything's on fire right now. It's not- the bandwagon crashed into a fireworks store. Yep. <laughs> everything exploded. By the way, don't be the, don't be the guy that tries to will nine wins on the Andy Yalton led Cowboys. Don't be that person. Just take the medicine. They're done. And then oh, sorry, ben, apparently what CBS happens if Ben DiNucci beats is, the Eagles? Apparently CBS also did a who is Ben DiNucci story. Of course we did. <laughs> points out. Of course we did. Um, who is Ben DiNucci? Washington? Are, are they legit contender to win this division? They look pretty yes. tough. Their, their no, defense not, is so good. Not they, legit. You, they have such good pass rushers, and that's all you need in this division because Carson Wentz is like a straw man that breaks if you hit him. Daniel Jones fumbles if you hit him. And break. the I will Cowboys say this. don't have anything on anybody on their team. The Washington football team can win the division. No. Yeah. Yes. I think they could. They, it was, what, at 55% coming in that the Eagles going to win coming into this week? I think it was something like that. The division winner breakdown. Brian, Washington is a half game out of first place. And, and they, they have, have a tiebreaker over. Have, yes, they have a win on the Eagles already. Here's my, here's my argument for why uh, I'm still on, all, all on the Eagles. Carson Wentz, better than probably anyone in the NFL, knows how to play with number one. Receivers he just met five minutes before the game started. And number two, with a patchwork offensive line. He's been doing that for a year and a half. Obviously, really Andy Dalton's not accustomed to doing that. And uh, that's a huge problem. Daniel Jones, it, it just fumbles every time he gets the, the ball. And Kyle Allen played okay. But, I mean, he ain't leading the team to the division. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the Washington Football Club at this point. Here, I, deeply, here's, I, deeply, I will say this. I deeply regret not betting the Eagles at plus money to win the division. That was a mistake. You're busy trying to dunk on Debo. What? Still time. There's still no, time. I mean, Brinson, you said after week one that the Washington football team could win the division. So I, I thought you were going to say that bet. And, and I, <laughs> I agree with Ryan. You know, I'm, I'm peacocking around with these two, four and one Philadelphia Eagles right now. Home <laughs> playoff game. I feel like they're going to win a playoff game at this they're point. They're minus 165 to win the division. There you but go. I will say the team that I think I am most a Afraid of, if that's the right term to use, is is Washington in the division. That I'm not. I'm, I'm much more afraid of Washington than New York or Dallas, which that is says something. And you could argue, by the way, no, never mind Washington. The Giants could be in first place. They've lost so many close games by such stupid fashion. They're terrible. This is the division with six total wins. I, uh, the other thing I was going to say, though, the the Washington football team is coached by a guy. Who's experienced winning a division under 500? Like he knows how to grind it out. By the, the way, Cowboys you know the coming up have um, at the Eagles, Steelers at home, and the, the, they're losing both of those games by double digits. I promise you that. I don't care if you drag Roger Stahlbach from his like 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 bring him out of the drag Aikman out of the booth and put him on the field. It won't matter. They you cannot play against those two teams. Those are two of the best defensive lines in football. They are going to get whoever's under quarterback is going to get annihilated. What if the Steelers beat the Ravens next week and lose to the Cowboys? That would be the most Steelers things ever. That would be the most. You know what? I want to say something real quick because we talked about Belichick and Tom Brady. How much do you think Aaron Rodgers is enjoying what's happening to Mike McCarthy in Green Bay? I mean, he's taking shots at tequila every time the Cowboys lose, right? He's spiteful, too. He's hammered. Oh, yeah. He's definitely spiteful. He's he's probably finishing a bottle every time the Cowboys lose, especially when they don't score a touchdown. Did we do the Dak Prescott, uh, Trevor Lawrence thing yet? Did we do that? What is that? 
if know, the Cowboys if the go. Cowboys finish with the number one overall pick, do they draft yeah. Trevor Lawrence and let yes. Dak walk? And yes. By the way, if they have the number two overall pick, given the way Justin Fields played for Ohio State on Saturday, he played so much better than last year, and he was really good last year. That's also a situation where you take Justin Fields and you move on from Dak Prescott. I mean, that solves your $40 million contract situation with Dak Prescott, and it gives you a young stud quarterback on a rookie contract, which they with badly no, need. With no uh, In a year where the salary cap might only be $175 and million. And on a roster that's completely loaded with stars and scrubs where you paid a, a, a running back $30 million. That's the other thing, and we'll talk about the Chargers later. I think one of the reasons the Chargers are so good because they have playmakers around and the offensive line isn't terrible. Joe Burrow's obviously really, really good, but that offensive line. Well, you line, know what, Ryan? That's amazing because what do you got? we're going to combine two more games, and we are going to combine the Browns beating the Bengals 37 to 34. <laughs> oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, he may have pulled a hamstring or a. That is always so oh, funny. I tear up every time you play it. Elation. Actual tears. Uh, Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow both went off. Shout out to uh, my man, CJ Kaltenbach, at the Siege DFS. He had, had a chat with him about it. He said Burrow was going to win the Millie Maker, and he think, I'm pretty sure he did. What's uh, that? He didn't win the Millie Maker, but Burrow was the guy. Uh, in this game in particular, and we're going to add the Chargers as well. The Chargers throttled. They didn't throttle. They, they took care of business against the Jaguars and covered, beat the Jaguars 39-29. The over in both of these games hit easily, like halftime. The Bengals plus four covered thanks to a missed extra point by Cody Parkey for the Browns, uh, after they, after Baker Mayfield threw a dime. And of course the Chargers by seven and a half covered. Herbert was awesome. Baker was awesome. Burrow was awesome. Odell Beckham. Potentially lost for the year with a what is reported to be a very serious knee injury that he suffered on a awful, chasing down an all oh, Baker Mayfield threw an awful interception and, and Odell Beckham chased down the defender and he suffered the knee injury and then after that Baker locked in and threw five touchdown passes was lighting it up. Harrison Bryant had a big game. The Browns now move to five and two, right? Five and two. Baker started over five, including that stupid interception, which came after Breach will tell you a great drive by the Bengals that ended in a batted pass and a red zone interception. But then after going over five, Baker went 22 of 23 and he was lights out. And you would imagine, I don't know if Breach felt this way, but it looked like Baker was headed for another Steelers like performance. And we talk about last week, uh, Aaron Rodgers quitting once the Buccaneers started. Uh, piling up points. Aaron Rodgers came back this week. We'll talk about that later. I give Baker May- Mayfield a lot of credit. He looked like he was done as a football player last week. He was obviously injured with it, with the ribs. Came back and played really well. Yeah, you can say it's a Bengals defense, but he, he hasn't done that a lot, and that's a huge development. And also, one other thing, it sucks that Odell Beckham may be lost for the season, but I wonder without him, without Jarvis it's a blessing, playing... Blessing in disguise situation? Because I sort of feel that way. It's like the Antonio Brown situation in Pittsburgh. You don't have to throw to the ball to him 15 times a game and feel that pressure. You can spread it's, it's it around. What, it's what Bill O'Brien thought he was doing with DeAndre Hopkins. And Mitch is exact so I wonder if maybe that, that'll perhaps help him going forward. Watching that entire game, I absolutely felt like Baker Mayfield was a better quarterback once Odell left the game. And obviously, you know, Odell's a superstar. He has great talent. But Brent, you hit the nail on the head. I just feel like when you have a guy like that on your team – especially when you're a younger quarterback, you know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been in the league for five years. He's still a young guy. You feel the pressure to throw to him as often as possible. You want to make sure he's not unhappy and taking his shoes off on the sideline like he did last week. And so what happens is what Ryan just said, where you go 
22 of 23 to end the game and you complete 21 straight passes, which was a Browns franchise record. I don't care who you can play against the Jets defense, completing 21 straight passes against any team in the NFL is impressive. And so, well, and not just Baker though. It also like is a huge help. I think for somebody like Kevin Stefanski in the play calling, you don't feel like you're trying to get Baker trying to get Odell Beckham involved. You know, like you, you're just calling your plays and then you're letting Baker Mayfield decide whoever is open. Let's make the best possible throw. And Baker, some of these touchdown passes were friggin' dimes. One to Njoku was insane. I'm sure Breach was frustrated by the last touchdown that Phillips somehow just Donovan Peoples Jones. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that last. What was he doing, Breach? Insane. I mean, it's on the sideline. There's no reason. The, the, I can't even remember who was on coverage, but there's Phillip. no reason you let that pass pick it. There's no room over there. You just keep the ball from it, it was unbelievable. I couldn't believe that. I almost cried. It was it was that bad. The Bengals are I, one I, five I, and one, but they feel better than that. You know what's funny is that the yeah. Bengals are one five and one. They've just led, kidding. They're not better than that. <laughs> they've led in the fourth quarter of five of their seven games. So this is yeah. like it, it's unbelievable actually that they're one five and one and not at least Two, four, and one, or even three, three, and one, just because. And by the way, that Hail Mary at the end, I thought there was like a 50 50 chance. It, I mean, it, it was close. But well, now it's weird like, because... to get it to the end zone because it was yeah. like he threw it uh, a good but, but 70 Breach, yards. This is exactly what you said you wanted out of the Bengals season, which was like, I don't care what the record is. I just want to know that Joe Burrow is good. And like, Joe Burrow is definitely good. Joe now, Burrow is unquestionably awesome. I think that, look, after this game, you have freaking Carlos Dunlap going on Twitter and trying to sell his house in Cincinnati. And if, since, if, if, the, if the Bengals are smart, they need to not be as stubborn as they were last year when I just wanted to disown the franchise because they refused to trade Andy Dalton or A.J. Green. You have two guys who don't want to be there in Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap. Trade and for some offensive linemen. Put them in a package, all three of them, to get one good offensive line. Like, whatever or, it is. or a high draft pick. Joe Burrow is throwing for 400 yards out there with the Bengals already had a bad offensive line. They lost two starters in this game and he is still slinging the ball left and right. I mean, it's really unbelievable to watch. I don't think people realize how bad the Bengals offensive line is. It's uh, unbelievably bad. And Burrow's out there throwing for 406 yards. I'm going to say this real quick. The Bengals did not punt one time the entire game. Uh, since the merger, NFL teams were 55 and 0. When scoring 33 or more points and having zero punts, and they are now 55 and one after that loss. That stat is from Jay Morrison at the Athletic. Uh, Burrow is thrown for 300 plus yards in five of his seven starts, tied with Patrick Mahomes in 2018, 2018 for most by a quarterback since 1950 to start the uh, year. Uh, Mahomes five, Kurt Warner four, and 14 other players had three. Like it's, it's very, it's just very clear to me. The Bengals are one three and one when leading in the fourth quarter of the season. Yikes! By the way, T. Higgins is really good. I, yeah. I was curious about his ability to get open. Yeah, I hate draft season. I really do. Like, I love T. Higgins in college, and then like I yep. was like got talked out of him by people, not me. You can't. That's right. You can't. That's that's a big problem. And that's, and I was like, oh, T. Higgins is not a first rounder, and he went the first pick of the second round, so he wasn't a first rounder. But like, he should have been a first rounder. Right. That's right. I There's mean, no reason why you take. Here's what happens. Denzel Mims runs a four three seven and goes crazy to the senior bowl and, and he's he's raw. Right. Like why would you want Denzel Mims over T. Higgins? T. Higgins is a monster in college. It's like One Mike thing. Williams. Like people are like, Oh, Mike Williams, does he have the top end speed? I don't know if he has the speed. Does he have the speed? It's like, did you watch Mike Williams play? Yeah, he's right. a monster. 
I want to say my only knock on Joe Burrow right now is that he is turning into the Daniel Jones of fumbling. Uh, he just, he gets hit and he loses the ball. And it's that simple right now. He leads the NFL in fumbles with eight. The next closest is six. Daniel Jones himself only has five. So you can't have a quarterback who's fumbled eight times in seven games. That's, you know, you're not going to win games if they're averaging. I mean, a he's fumble. averaging like 45 dropbacks a game behind a terrible offensive His line. He's just arm must be you, killing him. You just you can't average a fumble per game. I mean, it if doesn't you matter. Forty five times. What's his what's his per fump? What's his per drop back? Like one. Every time he drops back, he fumbles. <laughs> Terrible. I'm just you know what I'm saying though. Like oh, we understand, but the point is that I mean, breach is right. At the end of the day, yeah, at some you can't point, fumble that much. It's, if it's you're going to win nine or ten football games, you can't. They're asking Joe Burrow to do an obscene amount. Right. That's awesome. it. Feels it feels like Peyton Manning. In his rookie year in Indianapolis, except you just don't trust the Bengals to actually get better. It, I don't know. That being said, I was going to say Joe Burrow is fun to watch, and I'm excited yeah. for the Bengals' future. Absolutely. Um, all right. So excited about the quarterback future. Boom. Well, know. and look, I mean, we're getting closer and closer to me just having to take this L on Justin Herbert. Everybody is taking the L. There's no one that was like, and Prisco probably will say he is. There's no one that looked at Justin Herbert the last two years of Oregon and said, oh. This guy is going to be the best. Here's I actually tweeted this out today, and we've talked about it before. Um, the Redskins are taking the Redskins. There's put it in the jar. Watch the football <laughs> team are, are taking. If they're doing the redraft today, knowing everything we know, they're taking Justin Herbert at number two. And that's I, only if the Bengals are like, do we take Joe Burrow? Do you take Justin? Stop! Herbert? Stop! Stop! Dude, Justin Herbert. I'm going to go off the top of my head here. Uh, leads the NFL in third down passer rating. He is first in passer rating among all rookie quarterbacks. He threw four touchdown passes last week. No Chargers uh, quarterback has ever done that. Had three more today with no interceptions. He is, he's no joke. That's oh, a, you just found a tweet where I said Justin Herbert might be a second day guy. Oh, God. Oh, yikes. <laughs> you should get a, why am I getting old takes exposed? Costa's got old takes exposed on, uh, on Sunday. That was pretty good. But, uh, he, yeah. I mean, look. It's, it's tough, man. It's, it Burr, uh, Herbert just looks like he is. Now, let's take this with a grain of salt. And with Baker lighting up the Bengals, you know, we're talking about Baker. He's like, well, it was the Bengals. The, the Jaguars are next level terrible in defense. He's played this way every single week. If Tyler, if Tyler, if, uh, what's his name? Trevor Lawrence plays this way next year over the first five or six games, you should be elated if you're the Jets, assuming that's where he ends up. Um, Dio, stop trolling me in, in Slack. Dio's just oh, trolling me, me about draft stuff. Uh, Jake Fromm. Whoops. Um, Ooh. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. People don't even, even know what's happening. Like, what is Brenton talking about? Dio's oh trolling God. me in Slack, giggling. Brenton picked Jake Fromm as the first overall pick. I think I like Fromm. You know who might need a quarterback in the draft next year? Jacksonville. Yeah. Yeah. Minshew stinks. Well, there's so, a conversation that your your guy might 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 have replaced him if he didn't play semi decently on Sunday. Um, there, was, there was a lot of chatter that Mike Glennon might Mike Glennon. Uh, might step in and replace him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, um uh, Herbert, man, Herbert just makes big throws. He just makes big throws. It is crazy when you watch how he played in college the last two years. It and doesn't maybe, make any sense that it's happening. Maybe, and Brady Quinn mentioned this at points during the draft. Uh, the run up to the draft. Maybe it's just the offense that he was in with Mario Cristobal. Maybe that's it. But it's like night and day. Now look, it's not like he, this offense is like next level for the Chargers. Well, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who you mentioned, Hunter Henry, um, Eckler's coming back. 
Uh, they have Josh Kelly, who they drafted, so they have the weapons, and that clearly helps. But I don't think their offensive line is great, but he is doing so much, and, and you mentioned those throws. He has the most passing yards in his first five starts in NFL history behind only Cam Newton, ahead of Mark Bulger, Andrew Luck, and Patrick Mahomes. Mark Bulger, throwback. Bulger was lighting it up for the Rams weekend. Yeah. Day three pick. The Chargers could easily be like five and one. Again, we talked about it last week. He, he, he just got his first win. I mean, he, I think he hadn't won a game in five games. Now he's one in five or one in four, or whatever, as a starter. The Jaguars, t- the Chargers were up 16. The Jaguars took the lead. Yeah. And then, then the Chargers stomped on them and, and took it, over. It was close. And, and, and Jacksonville was up against the Chiefs, Bucks, and Saints. Jacksonville was up 29 to 22 in this game. The Chargers scored a tie at 29 29. Then Jacksonville fumbled the kickoff right. on the, and then, Chargers recovered at like the 15 yard line, scored three p- plays later, and it was a blowout. The Jacksonville defense is by far the worst in football. No. We just yes. talked about the, we just talked about the Cowboys and we just talked about the Seahawks. Jacksonville's worse. Brian Jacksonville has given up it, what? 30 36.7 points per game their last six games and 495.2 yards per game. Is that not good? That's not. They have given up 30 or more points in six straight games, which is tied for the longest streak in NFL history with the 1984 Vikings and 1968 Broncos. That is how bad they are. We're bringing up the 84 Vikings. And the teams that they've played are the Colts, Titans, Dolphins, Bengals, Texans, Lions. Okay. Chargers. They haven't played anybody. They're just getting mollywhopped. Football Outsiders agrees that they're the worst. And the second worst is actually uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, man. They have the Texans next week. Sweet mercy. All right. Oh, they're on bye. Wait. Oh, dang it. I, I'm proud to announce that I didn't make a bunch of lineup changes that cost me millions of dollars today. I just right. yeah. had progress. Bad, bad lineups. All right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we will get through the rest of the game. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. All right, so the Lions beat the Falcons. I can't believe this game had to wait till after the break. This is one of the craziest games of the year. It was only 23 to 22, not as high scoring as a lot of people thought. The Lions plus one covered the under 54 and a half hit. Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford both have 19 fantasy points and oh, poor Arthur Blank on the sidelines and that Falcons. Poor Falcons fans. Poor Poor everyone living in Atlanta. I mean, like they, did y'all, by the way, did y'all see, oh, Debo. Oh my God. I know. I the Falcons say. should get oh. their own TV window every week because they're literally bizarro Seahawks where the Seahawks do all this crazy stuff and they usually end up winning even though they didn't Sunday night. The Falcons, they always lose in some unimaginable way. And this is, this is up there on the unimaginable. But it's not channel. unimaginable because if only they've been watching television 24 hours before. They can't oh, get ready for a game. Oh, up high, down hard. That's right. Ryan is dunking on Debo because the day before, James Franklin, the galaxy brain genius in charge of Penn State, allowed, ran a play that allowed his team to score to go up eight points when all he had to do was take knees and get out of Dodge for a win. Indiana, my Hoosiers, go down the field, score, uh, tie it up, go to overtime, and beat Debo's lowly 
sad Penn State uh, Nittany Lions. Not just beat them. Beat them in the most unimaginable way possible. That was what was unimaginable. That, the that, overhit in that game. That was the crazy part. Debo, was that a touchdown in the Indiana-Penn State game to win it? I, it, it's 50-50, and this is not a Penn State podcast, but I do feel a little bit validated because I've said on here before that that James Franklin is overmatched. I think, Ryan, you questioned yeah. me on that. I had people you know, saying it here, and then when, whatever I say on social media, question my loyalty to Penn State. And it, it's not that. I just think he's uh, he's a moron, so we can move on. <laughs> and I, I even went as far as, as saying I would gladly, gladly welcome back Bill O'Brien, uh, another <laughs> friend of this podcast. Wow. Billy that happened on uh, nine o'clock at night on Saturday and then fast forward to three thirty PM, four PM on Sunday. So Todd Gurley gets the ball. The Lions are the Falcons are down two. Two, yes. They're down two. They hand off to Todd Gurley. He goes up the middle. The Lions players are kind of tackling him, but they want to let him score, so they release him quickly. And Gurley falls out, and he realizes he's about to fall in the end zone, tries to stop himself. It's too late. He's crossed the plane. The Falcons go up. Uh, as a result, go up five. They go for two. They obviously don't get it, right? right? No, they went up. The touchdown put them up four. They go for two because you don't need to be up five. You want to be up like six is better than five. In theory, it shouldn't matter. That gives the Lions roughly like uh, 55 seconds, I think it was. No timeouts. Matthew Stafford works it down there. They get down to the 10-yard line on a play to Kenny Galladay. Great catch. They go down and spike it with two seconds left, and Stafford – Buys time, moving in the pocket, and hits, throws a laser to TJ, a wide open TJ Hawkinson in the end zone to tie it up. And all they have to do is kick the extra point. They get unsportsmanlike conduct, which backs them up 15 yards. And, uh, and then who's their guy? Uh, who's their kicker? So wait, wait. So Matt Prater is trying this 48 yard extra point when mind you, Earlier in the fourth quarter, he had missed a 46-yard field goal. So this was not a gimme at Whoa. all. And it's it's Lions-Falcons, two teams that always lose in weird ways. And it was like, he's going to miss this. This is going to go overtime, and they're probably going to tie. Yes, and uh, Prater buries it, and the Lions win, move to 3-3. Three and three. The Falcons fall to 1-6. and six. And I, I'm going to guess that Raheem Morris probably not going to get that job now. I will say no. this. I'll just say this quickly, Breach. The Lions have won three of their last four. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have saved their jobs. Oh, baby. You know. And just because they're three the and three. And one today, I'm, I'm coming at Prisco. That's enough to save your job. Ryan, I, I can't believe you're off the Jim Caldwell ban- bandwagon. No, I'm still on the bandwagon. But the reality is I think they're on their way to saving their jobs. Three and three. I mean, that's the best start they've had ever. They should be five and one or four and two. Stop. They could be six and oh, yes. They I have the Colts, Vikings, they had a Washington. Panthers and Texans in their next five games. They could win three of those. They, they could also win. lose three of those. They could, they, they could, they could lose all five by 20 points or win all five by one point in a triple overtime game that isn't actually possible. Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 I want to, sorry. Well, I was just, I just want to slightly defend Todd Gurley. That was real quick. Okay. Uh, so we're talking about the Penn State game. In the Penn State game, Penn State had a one-point lead. Literally, all they had to do was kneel the ball, and the game is over. So that huge, that's huge difference. Huge difference because that is bad coaching. In this instance, the Falcons were losing. So let's say 
Todd Gurley falls at the one-yard line, and then for whatever reason, maybe the Falcons fumble on the next play. They don't get a touchdown. They lose. Then Todd Gurley gets grilled for not scoring there. Mm. So it, it kind of goes. Lions players were celebrating. No, 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 like, no, no. no. He, he, he should have fallen because, look, you could take three knees and kick an 18-yard field goal. Nobody's missing an 18-yard field goal unless there's a bad snap. Uh, it, it's a 99% or hit rate. Or your Blair Walsh. Or your Blair Walsh. And then the oh. other part of that, you could just – Kneel it once or run up the gut once and let 40 more seconds pass at the minimum. Right, right. So he didn't do the right thing, but it wasn't the same situation as the Penn State game because the Falcons were losing and they did still need to get some points to win. So he should. The whole point of the Penn State comparison was one that we want to dunk on Debo. Oh, dunk dunk on Debo. I'm glad. I'm glad it happened. It, it, it moves it moves things along, if you if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Who would have thought the Nittany Lions, it would work against them and then work for the Lions? That, Maybe they can hire Dan Quinn. Penn State? Yeah. No comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, a huge win for the, they need, the Lions need to win. The Lions should have blown out the Falcons in this game. I don't, I don't even know what they were doing. Like, they're so annoying. They're two bad teams. That's what's going on. The Lions are a lot better than the Falcons. Yeah, because the Falcons are one of the worst teams in football. The Falcons are terrible. 500. The Falcons are going to draft Trevor Lawrence. If they get the opportunity, they better. Yeah. Justin Fields, too. Yeah, they they probably have a good look at either one of them. All right, moving along, unless there's something else. Uh, But Oh, I will say this. Um, Kenny Galladay is really, really good. So good. TJ Hawkinson is really, really good. Mm -hmm. This Lions, I, I don't know why. DeAndre Swift is really good. Yep. Stop giving the ball to Adrian Peterson. They oh that that's what they did. That was so annoying. They went on fourth and one and did a handoff to Adrian Peterson. Drives me insane. What do you want me to do? Give it to DeAndre. Do anything. You have Matthew Stafford, T.J. Hawkins, and Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, DeAndre Swift. You got all these, like, and, and you awesome give it to your oldest playmaker. skill player. You give it to a forty-five-year-old running back who, who, if he's in the backfield, everyone knows he's running it. And that was on a goal line stand by the Falcons in the I think second quarter. It's from the three-yard line. Todd Gurley had more carries than the Falcons had points. Is that a problem? No. Not given that he's one of the first-round picks that starts on that team, so that makes sense. <laughs> they, right. they just are too – they lean into Todd Gurley too much. All right, we'll move on to the next game, which is the New Orleans Saints beating the Carolina Panthers 27-24. to Drew Brees, 29-36 for 287 yards and two touchdowns. DJ Moore went off 93 yards, two touchdowns on four Catches the uh, Saints didn't cover. Obviously, the Panthers covered plus seven. The over forty nine and a half hit. Drew Brees is your top fantasy performer, and we almost had breach kicking history. Brenton, I had the champagne bottle ready. Man, it was coming out of the two minute warning. The bottle sitting on my desk. I'm thinking, if there's a kicker, we're indoors. It's Joey Sly trying a sixty five yard field goal. Now, if you you didn't watch this game. And you are wondering why in the hell were the Panthers trying a 65 yard field goal at the two minute warning in the fourth quarter? Uh, the situation is that it was fourth and 19 because Teddy Bridgewater took a sack. They're at the Saints 40, horrible sack. They're at the Saints 47 yard line. So you can't punt because you might not get the ball back. Your options are go for it on fourth and 19 or. If your kicker and your special teams coach say, Hey, you know what? We actually, uh, hit this in warmups. We think we could do this right now. Why not do it? And I know the Debo logic with Jake Elliott was, hey, it's never happened in NFL history. Why would you even give your kicker a chance? 
Well, they sent him out there, and Joey Sly hit this 65-yard field goal so perfectly, except he only hit about 99.9% perfectly because he missed it. It was about three three. inches short. It like, looked like it was going in. The when hole. it left three his foot, inches. it was, was like, dead oh God, center. He was like, that's good. He made that. It did not waver off dead center. It's like when you stripe a drive in golf and it feels perfect. It's like you hit it so well you don't feel it. I would imagine that's what it felt like coming off his foot. It's the best and feeling I, in the world. Breach, I'm guessing 99.9% of the way you thought it was going in. So as soon as he hit it, like you can just, he, he just jacked it. And like, I'm seeing my office chair. I jump up with my hand there. I'm like, Oh my God. He like, I am literally like thinking about, I got to write this record breaking story. This is, this is insane. And then like, I'm, then the refs just look at each other and they had to think about it real quick because it went like right under the crossbar. Shaved the crossbar. And then they went, and there were two Panthers players with their hands up in the air. And then the refs went no good. And I was like, that couldn't have missed by much. And they showed the alternate angle where it missed literally by Ryan said by like three inches. That was, that was absolutely insane. And maybe not the most exciting part of the game, but it was up there. This was actually a pretty entertaining game uh, all around. Here, Breach, don't, don't say the answer because I actually forgot. Brinson, what is the record and who, who holds it for longest field goal? Um, can you give me a year? I guess it would be uh, somebody in Denver, obviously. It was Jason Elam. That's what I thought the answer was. He broke it originally, but now it, it's, it's the year's up. 2013, and it was in Denver. Oh, it was in Denver. I didn't know that. We uh, mentioned him on this podcast. Yes. It wasn't a Denver kicker, though. Very recently. It was oh. a Denver kicker. It, it was. Oh, he was, was a Denver was kicker? Was it, well, was it Brady McManus? Bad hints. Wait, what? Did he play for the Broncos at that time, Breach? It, yeah. It's Okay, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Was it a Broncos kicker or no? Yes, but it, it was, was a Broncos kicker. And like Debo said, we've already mentioned him on the podcast once. And you it's not Jason Evans. Telling me yes or no. <laughs> was yes. It a, yes. It was a Broncos kicker. Yes. Uh, 2013? Not Jason Elam. He had it previously. That's who I guess. It's in between Elam and McManus. Do you want uh, a twist to this, Brinson? Yeah. Don't let Brinson Google. You actually wrote the story on CBSSports.com <laughs> about him breaking the record. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> you stole Breach's traffic on that, and you can't even remember who it is. I think Breach was with us, though, in 2013. He was with us. He was everywhere, forever. Uh, is it... Um, I had no idea. I don't remember. Matt Prater? Yes. It is Matt Prater. Ah, nice! And, and just to give you an idea how crazy these... So Prater I had my hands up the whole time. Don't even try to act like I... You guys are so disappointed I got that. I, I, I didn't remember. I'm impressed, Brinson, I'll be honest. What were you saying, Breach? So Prater hit that 64-yarder in December 2013. Since then, so the last seven years, there's only been three kicks attempted that were 65 yards or longer, and none of them really came close. One of them was even by Justin Tucker, but he fell like five yards short, landed in the middle of the end zone. Team returned it. So this this rarely, rarely, rarely happens. But, yep, it was Matt Prater, 64 yards against the Titans, 2013. Mm, Good job, Brenton. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you the link to the story. Look, Colin, Matt Prater makes 64-yard field goal. Matt Prater smoked a 64-yard field goal. <laughs> Look, that's right. We used to do those things. That's funny. Look. Uh, by the way, before we move on this game, I love Teddy Bridgewater and how he fits in Carolina. I love Matt Rule and I love Joe Brady. They're, they're, Panthers know, are good. We talk about Matt Patricia saving his job. I mean, Carolina is a much better team than the, than the Lions, even though they're currently three and four, uh, because we all expected them to be the worst team in football, even worse than the Jets. I think if you were looking around at like rebuilding, yes, the Bengals are in great shape because they have Joe Burrow and you feel good about the Chargers with Justin Herbert and we don't know what Tua will do yet with the Dolphins, but like 
you have to feel pretty good about what the Panthers did this offseason. And the defense was a big issue. That defense is young. Like Jeremy Chin is playing out of his mind. Brian Derek Burns Brown, is a monster. Brian Burns had the strip sack on, on Drew Brees. Uh, Derek Brown's going to be good. There are a lot of reasons to, to be excited about what they're doing. In, in I think if you're a Panthers fan, you're very optimistic about the future. Yeah, fingers crossed. What about the yeah. Saints? They are now four and two. And it, I mean, I gotta be honest. It feels like they're just way worse than the Buccaneers, but they're just right there with them. I'll say the crazy thing. I thought when Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders got ruled out, in my head, I was thinking the Panthers might win this game. Like, who's Drew Brees going to throw to? And I didn't think – because they've had trouble scoring points for the past few weeks just because Drew Brees is so old. The offense just doesn't run as efficiently as it used to. And I thought Brees came out and had a fantastic game. He played a lot better than I thought he would, but also helped that Alvin Kamara was pretty much unstoppable and was – single-handedly running that offense because he had 83 rushing yards he and 65 so receiving yards. freaking good. Yeah. Like, you watch him run in the open field. It is incredible to watch. Are they the Panthers could not tackle him. Uh, by the way, Sean Payton. Carolina or New Orleans? New Orleans. Are they a playoff team? The Saints? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They can, we'll they know. can, get, they can get squeezed, but I think we'll they're... know in three weeks. They have the Bears, Buccaneers, and 49ers. There we up. go. Ooh. That's rough. They could lose all three of those. Bears, Buccaneers, Niners. Especially if they play the Bears defense without Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, um, there was a situation where, like, apparently Michael Thomas, like, apparently wanted to trade. Uh, Florio, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk reported that. And then Sean Payton went on Twitter and said, insiders on the outside where they belong in response to a Bleacher Report a tweet about it. And... And then Florio doubled down on Sunday Night Football, I believe, and said that the Thomas thing was like Thomas's agent or you just signed a contract. What do you do? What do you, what do you, what do you want to trade for? What is happening? Yeah. I will say this though. Florio doesn't usually, he usually I don't think Florio is full of it. I think, I think, right. I would, I would be more inclined to believe that a 20 something angry about how things are going. Maybe because he got benched for the fight or whatever. I don't know. It, but, but Florio's whole point was it's not, um, the Saints aren't trying to trade Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is annoyed and wants to be. That's that, that I, I could believe. Where do you think you're going, buddy? You had like walked in. Remember the Jets? I mean, how that worked for Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown when they got kicked out? It's crazy. It's like what? Like what, you just landed with a Hall of Fame like quarterback who just wants to do nothing with three slings. And you just set the NFL record for most receptions. Like literally, all receivers, all they want is the ball thrown to them. You can't possibly have the ball thrown to you more than you already have. Right. Like, what do you, what, you want the ball more? What, like, what do you want, man? Um, all right. What's next? Yeah. Saints are, Saints are, Saints are just hovering. hovering Chiefs 43, Broncos 16. Boy, that got out of hand fast. Quick. Chiefs minus seven covered the over 46 hit. Shout out Nick Costas for saying to take that over. It was a lock. Patrick Mahomes led fantasy with 14 points. Technically, Debo puts this stuff in there. I believe the Chiefs defense led in this game with all their points because they had a pick six and a kickoff return for a touchdown. How, on a scale of one to ten, how worried are you about the Chiefs offense? Zero. Last week they ran the ball 46 times. They'd never done that in Andy Reid offense, and they just trounced the Bills. This week they had, uh, what, 22 rushes and 25 passes. Two of those passes came from Chad Henney when he came in in the fourth quarter. They can win in any number of ways. It snowed in Denver. Uh, Patrick Mahomes before the game said he was a snow 
snow quarterback after the game. He said it was cold. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure where he falls on that, but, uh, you know, it's late October and it's snowing. That's probably not ideal. In terms All right. Of- let, let me ask you a different question. Pete Prisco said on our CBS Sports HQ show, you can watch it uh, every day, 4 p.m. Eastern on CBS Sports HQ, free streaming, 24-7 Sports Network, uh, Roku, Amazon Fire, wherever else. And um, he said that he thinks, he said, Mahomes, Mahomes wants to throw it. He's not happy having to, like, with their running. I was like, what do you, he doesn't care. Do you think Patrick Mahomes cares that they're winning with running the ball? Can he still <laughs> cash his checks on, on Thursday? Right. I don't think people cash their checks in the NFL, Ryan. I think they get direct deposit. It's the dumbest thing in the world. What, saying they cash their checks when they get direct deposit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty I'm dumb. Just kidding. But like, the idea that Mahomes would be mad that the Chiefs are like, the what Chiefs if Mahomes goes to the bank like we used to do in high school and says, can you cash this on Friday? And it's $8 million. Do you think they can do that? <laughs> Um, Clyde I mean, told- Brinson, I don't think your question was that crazy that Ryan just kind of shoved to the side said there's not an issue at all. But look, they were trailing 40 to 24 to the Raiders. They only had 13 points at halftime against the Bills. And even though they scored 43 points in this game, they didn't score 30, 43 points. As you said, two touchdowns, uh, came from the, the pick six and the kickoff return. So now you're talking about them scoring in the twenties and they have That's the point, well- Breach. The Seahawks can't do that. That's that's what's great about this team. Well, right. Yeah, I do agree with that, that they have a better all-around team than the Seahawks, but that doesn't mean we can't be a little bit concerned okay. about. They were outgamed by 125 yards. They were Let me just say this. By if you're the Broncos and, and, and somebody told you the Broncos are only going to give up less than 300 yards of total offense to the Chiefs. And do, not allow one single third-down conversion. And not allow a single third down conversion. If you're a Broncos fan, would you be like, "Hell yeah, I'll take that. We win that game." I will like, say that, that would be though. a reaction. One thing, and, to- and, and spoiler, you actually lost by thirty points. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. like, "What?" Like, One thing to note: this is something that I haven't seen a lot in the the Patrick Mahomes era. He got hit a lot, and that doesn't happen a lot, and that is a concern. I don't know the state of the offensive line because I I was watching all the games at once, so I don't know if guys were out or whatever. But he was getting hit. Bradley Chubb was getting after him. Malik Reed was getting after him, and he wasn't happy about it. And, and you know that's something that will certainly, um, you know, affect any quarterback. And Brenton, you mentioned the zero third down conversions, zero for eight. Here's your fun fact for the podcast: the Chiefs pulled off the second largest win since the NFL AFL merger for a team that did not convert a single third down in the entire game. Uh, they won by 27. Second place to only your Panthers who beat the Colts by 32 in 2011 without converting a single third down. 2011, what game was that? Cam versus, oh, the Cam versus Curtis Pander. Cam. Oh, you knew it. That's exactly what it was. Packers 35, Texas 20. This game is was not nearly as close as the score would suggest. The Packers minus three covered. I, again, I've, I've really got to stop doing this, guys. What? Two weeks ago, I said this. I was like, the Steelers, it's too obvious. It's too obvious that they're going to beat the Browns by more than three. And this week I was like, it's too obvious the Packers are going to beat the Texans. Like that, those are two free money games. So I'm sorry. That's two I whiffed on. Packers cover that easily. The under 55 and a half somehow managed to hit. Rodgers went nuts. Aaron Rodgers, 35 fantasy points. Devontae Adams went nuts as well. 31 fantasy points for Devontae Adams, who ended up somehow didn't have the most receiving yards on the day, but had 13 catches for 196 yards and two touchdowns Rodgers through four in total 98 percent of the Sean Watson statistics come in garbage time it is wild 
he doesn't do, and I'm not, I'm not blaming him. Like I sort of blame the defense and just the general team. He doesn't do anything until the, that Texas team is down 28 points. Well, I mean, you think having someone like Dre, Dre Hopkins might help? Just throwing that out there. Just spitballing. Just spitballing. Yeah. And I will, I will say this. I mean, the Texans are not a good football team. Uh, Romeo Cornell kicked a couple times late in the, in the game where they should have been going for it. Like, I don't know what you're doing. He's down three scores. He kicked on four. It's like, come on, my man. What's, what's up? And I'll, I'll say this again. I'll reiterate what I said earlier. Um, Aaron Rodgers no shows when, when the game's on a hand. He's like, I'm done. I'm not even going to try. He had a chip on his shoulder all week and he took it out of the Texans. Uh, he and, and Devontae Adams. They actually now, uh, without Aaron Williams. Jones. Aaron Jones was out. Jamal Williams ran the ball really well and, uh, he had over a hundred. Uh, total uh, scrimmage yards. There was some uh, chatter that AJ Dillon might be the guy. He had five carries for eleven yards. Yeah, they need Aaron Jones eventually back, like for the playoffs and next week. Uh, where, get, where are they in the NFC? NFC title game: Packers, Bucks. You got Bucks. Bucks got a defense. That would be the same thing that happened last year when the Packers got steamrolled by the Forty ers and then the NFC title the game. We're like, oh, maybe they could win, but nobody thought they were going to win. That's that was literally the premise of my sorting Sunday pile last week. What is what, who's winning the NFC title game between the Packers and the Seahawks? I'll take the Seahawks. But who's think. winning the NFC title game between the Bears and the Eagles? No one. The Eagles by fifty. Me, it's not me. The viewers at home. <laughs> yeah. All right. What else? Randall Cobb, top receiver for the Texans, eight catches, ninety-five yards. Brandon Cook, seven for sixty. Will Fuller caught a touchdown. Turns out a healthy Will Fuller is really good at getting into the end zone. But there are a lot of bad teams in the football. In football, the Texans are giving away a top five or top ten pick to the Dolphins. That's yeah, insane. That's true. I do. I saw, a- uh, I saw our buddy Lance Airline tweet this out, but Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien over the past nine months. Easterby is the the president of the Houston Texans. He's, the, from, the, the, he's the a new preacher. guy in charge, right? Son of a preacher man. They yeah. have effectively obliterated the Texas chances to be competitive in the near future with their trades and signings. It's unbelievable. how. Bad and the man got a new title and a raise. Yep. Used to be the other one got fired. You know, Chris, you think from this game real quick, the Packers went seven, seven of 12 on third downs. All seven conversions were completions. Devontae Adams. Adams is a bad man. Texas Jaguars are two weeks, by the way. That sounds like fun. someone's got to win. Can they put it in prime time? That's all I ask. Flex it's, it. It's Sunday night football. Yes. All right, let's go. What do you got? Oh, and I am told, rely, according to sources, mm-hmm. oh, baby, DeAndre Hopkins is coming on the All Things Covered podcast with Bryant McFadden and Patrick Peterson this week. Nice. He will be asked, and I, buddy, I bet he'll answer about Bill O'Brien and the one in six Texans. He the Cardinals just beat the Seahawks. They're four and two. The Texans are one and six. Hopkins is going to be peacocking on that podcast. So make sure you subscribe to it on Apple Podcast and anywhere else you get your podcast. It's a great show with uh, uh, our buddy BMAC and his cousin Pat P, who may be podcasting a lot in the future. What does that mean? He yeah, wasn't that good. Shadow DK Metcalf on 42 routes tonight, 86%. How do you have that, do you have that number? Uh, because I'm a, the leader of the Patrick Peterson fan club at this point. Shadow, oh, whoa, Debo just dunked on you. Shadowed. Where'd you get that? 
Uh, next gen. Shout out next gen. Um, 42 of 49 routes, four targets, one reception for DK Metcalf after shutting him down to zero receptions last year. Tough play on that Tyler Lockett one, but that was the most, one of the most beautiful balls you'll see from Russell Wilson. So not much he could have done there. And you got Danny Green. Right. You got Craig Ewood. In the next gen stat thing and I'm just missing it. Too late now. No makeup. All right. Keep, don't get, don't get sidetracked. Let's go. You were wrong. Um, oh, it's from Dexter's Twitter. Okay. Bill. Oh, yeah. You're never on Twitter. I don't know how you could miss that. Oh, yeah. Bill's 18, Jets 10. The Jets oh. plus nine and a half covered the under 46 and a half hit. Josh Allen eh, didn't screw have a touchdown against the Jets, but he's your top fantasy performer, Cole Beasley as well. How worried are we about the Bills, Ryan? Scale of one to 10. Uh, about a seven and a half for most of the game. I mean, the no, I mean, in general, the Bills. Overall, uh, seven? Six, six seven. Good. Yeah. I mean, the, the Jets led 3-0 in this game. That was the first time they had a lead since week four against the, against the Denver Broncos. Yeah. This is a straight up doo-doo operation. The man. Jets had a double digit lead for the first time since last season. I mean, think about how terrible. I mean, it got to the point where it looked like they were going to give Adam Gase a Gatorade bath when, when they went into the halftime <laughs> of the lead. Uh, it, of course they lost the football game. I'm concerned if I'm the Bills. The the offense has now not scored 20 points, I think, in either three or four straight games after coming out like gangbusters. Sam, Sam Darnold, uh, the other one, Josh Allen, is regressing to the uh, in parts to the Josh Allen we've seen previously. He's still a very good quarterback, but ain't no more MVP conversations about him right now. Yeah. The defense sucks. The defense is bad. I don't know how that defense is bad. They just stink. They were getting steamrolled by, who was it? Uh, who's the running back? Where's the rushing? Oh, there it is. Frank Gordon, Lamichael Lam- Lam- P. Ryan. They were, they were, they, um, every time I looked up, they were running for five and six yards of the clip. Um, Sam Darnold played had two picks. I, I don't know what to make of that just because this team is so bad. And, and I still think Adam Gase is getting fired before the season's over. I, I mean, the Bills are still five and two. So we're not like, this is not a full blown panic. And they have beaten the Jets twice. And it is divisional games the second time around a little bit tougher. It's hard to cover those games. Those games typically aren't very high scoring, uh, except for the Browns and Bengals. But I mean, you you need to take care of business against the Jets. This is the worst team in football, and you can't let them hang around like that. You need to oh, slaughter them. Great that they won, but it's not a convincing win. His next they didn't score Baker's a single game. touchdown, and that's that's really the crazy part is that it's not even so. They didn't punt at all. They're the first team, I think. What, what, what's punt? that that we have? Yeah, they're the first team since 1941 to win a game without scoring a touchdown. Or punting. And that here's the, so the, the Bills went up and down the field. So that was the weird part. They got into the Jets territory on every single possession. So like the Jets literally didn't stop them a single time, except Buffalo couldn't move the ball once they got into your territory. It's like they hit a brick wall because they attempted eight field goals, which is the second most field goal attempts in a game in NFL history. And so that's your problem. It's your red zone offense. There's always something new with the Bills. You know, we've been talking about their defense. We've been talking about Josh Allen regressing the meet. Well, now the red zone offense looks bad. Uh, so it, it does seem like they have a new issue every week. So maybe hey, I can uh, by the way, Ryan, over under 165. Yards for the Jets, total yards for the Jets in the second half. God, that sounds like a lot. That must right, be fine. Over, over under uh, 125 total yards for the Jets in the second half. Must be over. No, it's under. They had four. <laughs> four yards in the second half. You should have kept going down. 
12 yards over under. <laughs> Eight. You should have done 50. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was trying to go with the big numbers and Wilson would go. You know what? Also, the crazy part here is that Adam Gase finally gave up play calling, and it was the one game where the Jets shot out to a 10 nothing lead. I know. So the only time they looked good all season was the first quarter and a half of this game when Adam Gase wasn't calling plays. By the way, the, before we move on, and I'm ready. Four yards. When you have Prisco on next week, please start the podcast by reading his evaluation of Adam Gase a few years ago. And then oh ask, my ask him God. to respond. I found that over the, hold on, let me see if I can find it. Oh, I've done it now. I pulled a breach when I told him not to do the exact Um, thing. we just sidetracked ourselves for an hour. I know. I'm going to literally have to go straight to the hotel and drive home for hours. Um, Wink of sleep. Sorry, we already checked you out, Mr. Wilson. <laughs> Your back's on the curb. Uh, I, I won't find anybody. He wrote that, like, Belichick, that Adam Gase to be the next Belichick in his 2017 coach rankings. It's, it's one of the worst articles you will ever read. A few years from now, he might top this list when Belichick retires, if he can keep it going forward. He started by saying he has a star in the making. Yes. He had eight. Adam Gase, Dolphins, he is a star in the making. Gase took over the Dolphins last season. He got a team hardly stacked with talent at 10 and 6 into the playoffs. He has great give and take with his players, oh. knowing when to push and when to pull back. He is also a great offensive mind, which you need in this league today. One more thing, he is a maniac when it comes to working, which can be seen in his preparation. A few years from now, he might top this list when Belichick retires, if he can keep it going. Oh. Number nine, Bruce Arians. Oh, Get I think Prisco is not a general manager in charge of making any coaching hires. I mean, B- Bill O'Brien was 10. Or is he pulling the strings in New York? And that's the reason Gay still has a job. Possibly. All right. That's my theory. That's my All right, theory. So let's do our winners and losers. And uh, Breach, we'll start with you. Am I doing a winner or a loser first? Usually we start with winners. That's why it's called winners and losers. Don't try to get cute now. We're almost there. Wilson, my God. We're going to be uh, way under two hours, which is a shocking turn of events for this podcast. My winner is the Cardinals because, look, did Cliff Kingsbury make some incredibly dumb decisions? He did. Why would you ever kick a field goal on second down? Uh, but you know what? They won, so no one's going to remember that in two weeks. Everybody's going to remember it tomorrow and the next day and probably the day after that. But after that, they're just going to look at the standing and say, you know what? The Cardinals beat the Seahawks back in uh, week seven. So, the Cardinals and Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury are my winners. Uh, and Cliff's I'm, handsome, er, than Ryan. I'm going to go with, with Justin Herbert. I think I've had Justin Herbert in previous winners, uh, even when they lost. They finally won. Justin Herbert finally got his first win. They're two and four. Uh, but more importantly than that, the Chargers did the right thing. They took Justin Herbert six overall when I and everyone else thought they should take anyone else, um, whether it be Tua, whether it be someone like Isaiah Simmons. I mean, it was a slam dunk right decision based on what we've seen so far. And, and it's incredible. maybe make Tom Telesco your winner. Tom Telesco, way to go. Well, I mean, Justin Herbert's actually playing much better than he did. So a combination of Tom Telesco, Anthony Lynn, uh, Pep Hamilton's the quarterback's coach. Uh, and of course, Justin Herbert, way to go guys. Uh, for my winner. Oh, I'll take Jimmy Garoppolo rolls into New England. For a revenge game and takes out the Patriots, like blast him. He should, he should be the guy starting for the Patriots right now. He should be where Cam Newton is. He never should have been traded. If Bill Belichick knew he was leaving, if he knew Tom Brady was getting out of there, you should have kept Jimmy G. You'd be winning with Jimmy G. You could have built around him instead. Jimmy G's lighting it up in uh, San Francisco, played pretty well in this game. Debo Samuel, also a smaller winner 
revenge game for him too. I agree with that, Ryan. Uh, Breach, how about a loser? My loser is uh, a team that basically has been a loser in perpetuity for all of time, the Atlanta Falcons. They find a new and amazing way to lose every week, and now I just tune in because it's like watching a funeral, except there's fireworks at the funeral and margaritas are being served. It's fun for everyone except for the person in the casket, which in this case is the Falcons every week. By the way, this Falcons funeral every wait, week. Wait, 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 was that a funeral filled with margaritas? And like, well, he's saying it's just so crazy. It's like it's sad for one group and then exciting for everyone else. And this funeral, a Falcons funeral every week, involves dropping the casket every single time and the guy, and the body <laughs> falling out. And you're like, oh my god, it happened again. And that's giving up a 25 point lead every every single week. My loser, uh, the Dallas Cowboys. And like, the, yeah. and, the, and the cadaver is like has no pants on. <laughs> right. <laughs> the guy Fine. falls out. Why not? <laughs> He's a tiny whitey. He's just like rolling out of the thing. Bernie Lomax. <laughs> there goes Bernie Lomax. That's right. My, uh, speaking of Bernie Lomax, my loser, uh, Dallas Cowboys. They are not America's team. They are not even Dallas's team at this point. I don't know what they are. They are so many things going wrong with them. Uh, you could argue that inside that loser, uh, tag this week, the real winner is Dak Prescott because he's going to get paid unless he get the first or second overall pick. So. Bad news for the Cowboys. I don't know how you fix this anytime soon. Go big. By the way, we did a, uh, we did a, like, is Mike McCarthy on the hot seat? You know, discussion because the Cowboys are terrible and that's a reasonable oh. thing to have. We get, I get a text from Prisco. It's like pick six idiots talking about McCarthy getting fired. It's like, what? First of all, we didn't do that. Nobody said he should be fired. Second of all, he can't win any games. He's on the hot seat. And then Pete got a, like a text from a, uh, from an, like an NFL personnel guy this week who's like, Arthur could be on the hot seat. He's like, I agree. It's like, yeah. <laughs> maybe Aaron um, Rodgers is on to something. A breach bot was going to be my loser, or Jerry Jones would be my loser because he lost control of the breach bot. Mm. Uh, but since you took the Cowboys, I will instead say that I am my own loser. That's right, me. I am the loser. And here's why. Top team in the AFC, this, there are two fan bases who are on me this year. Yes. The top team in the AFC, the Steelers. And the top team in the NFC, the Bears. And those are the two fan bases who are all over me this year. Bears fans are laughing their asses off at the fact that I picked them to be last in the division. All of us did. Uh, I'm picking them to win every week just out of spite. And Steelers fans, look, I was wrong on the Steelers. That's that's on me. I was wrong. Steelers good. They'll finish last. The, the big Brian, big. are you going to hold a grudge? since? No. Nah, that's this is picking them to go last was dumb. I got a little too up in my Bengals feelings, but like the Bengals could be, it's not that crazy. Yeah. Okay. Keep talking yourself into this one. <laughs> talking right back into it. So yeah, I mean, that's, uh, look, those, those two teams seven weeks in are in very good shape to make the playoffs. And that's going to be egg on my face. And people bring it up every single week, every. Every 15 minutes or so. so you know what? For Steelers Wilson. fans and Bears fans, it's for you. Oh, what a big jam. Yes, Breach. I was going to say Wilson is the Steelers homer, and he didn't even pick them to win the division this year. He never does, though. He, he, That's right. Yeah. He All just right. says, wrap it up, so that means shut up, Breach. That's <laughs> the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow uh, afternoon uh, with a uh, preview is it looking to be funny? You won't be back. We'll be doing. Oh, good. A That's that was that was my my face. Okay, go ahead. We'll be doing a preview of uh, the Bears, the Bears and the Rams. Spoiler. Oh, by the way, look. If you listen to this podcast, you listen to this whole damn podcast for some reason. Go bet the Jimmy Graham over receptions 
two and a half. It's juiced. He's going to hit it. He, he'll get three catches tomorrow, Monday night. But get it before it moves to three or three and a half. So go do that. That'll be, we'll mention that on the podcast. That'll be my lock on the podcast, uh, the preview. Then, of course, we'll have a Monday night recap. It's time is a flat circle and it's full of podcasts. So, see you guys later.